1: Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... Sergeant, we need a response.
0: team. We're already putting together the best man. With all due respect, sir... So am I. I have a
1: plan. <laughs> it's, a <big> plan. <laughs> it's
0: real. Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's
1: what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes cans. We're, we're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel, with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am Guru.
0: That I did know.
1: These people may be isolated, unbalanced, even, but I believe with the right push, they can do exactly what you need. Shoot up. I'm bringing the party to you. have indeed been uploaded, sir. We're online and ready. And welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. It is the Intrepid Trio. Minus one, plus one. Carry the two. Drop the five. Uh... Crap, I hate Common Core. <laughs> um, it is Kylan and myself, Mike, and filling in for Eric, who is off at some Mason convention, because he, he's doing something where Bricks...
2: Uh, I don't think it's Mason. but yeah, you know. stone
1: cutters. Stone cutters commission. That's it. It's a brick it, it, fair.
2: It's a brick fair, but uh, I, I think the bricks are a little bit smaller. Okay, just just a bit because I we I remember seeing.
1: Is that oompa loompa mason convention
2: a little bit smaller than that actually but you're getting close
1: the lily Putin brick convention mason stone cutter convention
2: i I think that's it yeah okay that's the one
1: and he's still gonna be a giant among men there um Uh so we have bart one of our field agents joining us how's everyone doing
2: i'm good i'm good yeah uh, just enjoying the snow, uh, ah.
1: but that's okay. Snow? What's snow?
2: You know that stuff that falls down from the sky and then it like makes things kind of hard to drive
1: on. Oh, the stuff I haven't seen in thirteen years. Fourteen yeah, years. Stuff. Yeah, we're gonna see that that amount of thirteen years
0: worth this weekend. <laughs>
1: I actually, no. Is 2014 is the last time I saw snow when we went out to Colorado for the holidays. That's the last time I saw snow out in Colorado. Right. Um. I I will admit it's been cold here or cold for us this time of year. Uh, I think the other night we got down to like 42, 41. Right. Uh, kind of typical this time of year, but kind of not. So. Be great if we could get a good freeze to, to freaking kill my weeds in the backyard, but um, don't think we're quite there yet. Um,
2: now, now when you guys get cold, when you guys get cold, then fruit prices go up, so you know, uh,
1: sort of, yeah, like oranges is one of the big things, yep, um, just saying. Oh, yeah, now, um, check out the website. Go down the right hand side, f- check out our affiliates, check out our store where you can get great hockey jerseys. Got two great options sweatshirts, hats, winter hats. It is that time of year. Uh, t shirts. Um, what else am I missing? I don't remember.
2: Um, you see, you said caps, jerseys, t shirts,
1: sweatshirts. Oh, I
2: know, wet shirts. I do know, we'll put our logo on pretty much anything.
1: Yeah, we do. Um. so check them out except none Uh, they're on their way <laughs> wait I'm not supposed to say that um, Island could attest he and I both had the same jersey that's a sweet looking yep. shirt that came out it is it came out really nice you've seen that right it Bart I have yes yeah. isn't it awesome it's so cool
2: yeah, um, you know, I have got I've gotten some uh so, some compliments on it, so I don't know, it's all I could do not to wear it every day, you know, but you know.
1: Well <laughs> right now we're running a contest over on Wookie Radio in reg- regard to our merchandise. I think next is gonna be Mighty Marvel Geeks. So information coming on that uh slowly starting in March. So um so yeah. Here's the deal. Big trailer, well, teaser trailer dropped. And why I love
2: that they call it a teaser.
1: And we're not talking about the teaser that proved how teasers are to be done. And that I'm I'm gonna say it. That's the Ghostbusters trailer. Yes. Yes. That that's how a teaser trailer is supposed to be done, but Spider-Man Far From Home.
0: That's a trailer.
1: Yeah, that is not a teaser. Calling it a teaser is—it's a tease. It's as you guys say, it's just long enough. It's a—it's a trailer. It goes. Hey, I mean, it's over a minute long. That's—that's that's a yeah. trailer.
2: And I'll be honest with you, I've seen all that I need or want to see, and I think I'm just going to have to just avoid any more.
1: Yeah. Now we saw quite a bit in this. Yes. Um If you haven't seen the trailer. Just hit pause, go to YouTube, go to Marvel Entertainment, hit the trailer, watch it, and come back to us. We'll be waiting. Don't worry. We're not going anywhere. <laughs> so, now. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. hmm yeah. yeah. Hey, welcome back. For those of you who actually went and watched the trailer, welcome back. For those of you who didn't, yeah, thanks for putting up with us for the last five minutes. Oh, wait. It's all, okay, a couple seconds. Um, In the trailer. How about this? Well, we know they're going to, well, it starts off with May apparently knows he's Spider-Man.
2: Well, yeah, because did you see the end
0: of uh, Far
1: From Home? I do, but I don't remember her finding out.
0: Oh, yeah, it was, I think it was, like, a post-credit scene. Yeah, she walked in on them changing,
2: or she walked in, and he was hanging upside down, and she goes, what the f- And then it cuts
1: off. I'm going to have to go back and watch that. I think I missed it. Anyway, so Happy comes in after they do some ceremony, I guess, charity or whatnot, and uh, Happy's following in Tony's footsteps. He's He's kind of- macking on on may there a little bit Uh, yeah there's something going on happy's happy that's all i got to say but then we see that well they're taking a school trip to europe so as peter's packing did you notice the initials on the bag little bfp ben franklin parker he's using Uncle uncle ben's suitcase Mm. Yep, so uh, as he's packing for Europe, we see he's wearing a very appropriately nerdy t-shirt depicting a math problem, instructing how to find X. You know, we may have to redo this shirt where X is the Mighty Marvel Geeks logo. (laughs)
2: <laughs>
1: and it's how to find mighty marvel geeks i just just may have to do that
2: i you know what i would wear that shirt the, the geek honestly the geek the i the i will gladly wear it and because i i don't brag about the show anyway because you know <laughs> we're award-winning it's no big deal we
1: just yeah. hey it even says so on the website now
2: it does. You know, uh, well, it's what two awards, but you know, it's no big deal. No right. big deal.
1: Did you Did you notice that on the website?
2: I did. It's I right did there
1: on that. the right hand side.
2: Right there, and I see it says "Home of the uh, Intrepid Trio" too. Yep. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So you know.
1: Um, so anyhow, uh, he he's. Yeah, I got the dirty t-shirt depicting the equation instructing to find X, which is then circle in red within a company. I found it again. I'm still this for a mighty Marvel Geek shirt, uh, which that shirt will appear on our T public page. Um, now he first wore this shirt in homecoming, wearing it underneath a button down when attending a party thrown by Liz. Uh, so we see it return again. Kind of almost like the chicken from, uh, Roseanne the chicken artwork or shirt fabric, whatever. Right. Um, now, uh, when readying, readying himself to crash the party as a spotlight-stealing Spider-Man, Peter can be seen crouched on a roof, removing that same shirt before his superhero duties force him to abandon the party. Now, the, pa- uh, the passport. When Peter picks up his passport from the office, it reveals he was born August 10th. What's so important about that? It's the same date Amazing Fantasy fifteen was released back in 1962. So very appropriate. Yeah. Uh, Amazing Fantasy was already due to to be shattered as a result of falling cells, but the blockbuster success of the comic uh, saw the Masked Man uh, spin off into his own title, The Amazing Spider-Man. Now, close to home, we see Spider-Man swinging around the now under construction, former Avengers Tower, and the memorial... Carving erected in memory of the first responders present at the Battle of New York, as seen in 2012's The Avengers. Now, Peter makes a pit stop at the since rebuilt deli belonging to Mr. Delmar. Uh, and behind the counter photos show a newspaper capturing the destruction that happened in Spider Man Homecoming, alongside photos showing Mr. Delmar posed with Spider Man, as well as former U.S. President. Barack Obama. Uh, Obama is a notated comic book fan and once appeared on a special inaugural day variant cover of The Amazing Spider-Man 583. I remember that. Yeah. So uh, now checking out, we're going to go back towards the beginning of the trailer some uh, after Spider-Man and Aunt May participate in a fundraiser benefiting the homeless. Uh, Happy, who once and has security for Tony Stark. Enters with a check for five hundred thousand dollars signed by Stark Industries CEO Pepper Potts, who continues to handle the business side of Stark's multi-billion-dollar company. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, this next three, I'm just gonna say these are just a little elemental. First up, uh, we see Peter and friends enjoying a gondola ride, or a gondola ride in Venice. And, um, and then all of a sudden, the ride is interrupted by a stories tall monster resembling Hydro Man. Uh, a nearby boat behind Ned reads ASM-212 or Amazing Spider-Man 212, the first appearance of Morris Beach, who becomes Hydro Man.
2: I'm kicking myself because... Very young Kylan had that book a very long time ago, and I didn't really take care of my comics very well back then. Yeah. I'm just now. I'm just
1: admitting that now. So uh, it's not known if this is going to be Hydro Man or if it's uh, in reality Hydron, a little no, a member of a little known Marvel group known as the Elementals. Uh, to go along with that, Fury and Maria Hill can be seen opening fire on a creature composed of Earth, who bears a resemblance to Sandman. Now, here's another cool thing. Um, The other possibility is it could make him the elemental known as Magnum, who commanded the power Earth. Now, the visible license plate directly in front of Fury reads 463, which could be a nod to Amazing Spider-Man number four, the first <coughs> appearance of Sandman. And of course, that came out in 1963. Now, f- last but not least, there's a, the trailer then finds us in London, on the London Bridge, where MJ, Ned, and Betty are fleeing a fiery attack. Another license plate is spotted next to MJ reads 2865 SEP, which kind of points towards the appearance of Molten Man in Amazing Spider-Man number 28, which came out in September 1965. So uh, the attackers, if the attackers aren't Hellfire and Zephyr, then signs point to Molten Man and Cyclone, uh, a more obscure foe. By the name of Andre Girard, who used specifically designed suit to create dangerously high-velocity winds when used in criminal enterprises. Now, finally, we see Mysterio. Finally, a main villain done right. Yes. We have not seen that done since Green Goblin. Right. I'm, I'm sorry. Willem Dafoe's Goblin was amazing. Tobey Maguire Spider Man was amazing. Set for Spider Man Mm Three. Right now we're we're batting two for two with Tom Holland and these are coming out. Vulture was great. Shocker was great. They're starting to nail it here as well. Yes. So now um, fans though are are not stopping their talks about the building that's under construction um as he swings through the series uh through the city there's a quick shot of him swinging in front of a building that many feel is the former Avengers Tower um others think it could be the new home to Norman Osborn's Oscorp others think it may be Richards renovating it to become the future Baxter Building
0: mm.
1: Baxter Building makes a little bit more sense um
0: i worry that's all of you know really hoping Yeah. Though versus it actually happening. Yeah. Because we wanted that for a long time, and it just never happened.
1: This is true. Um. Now someone, someone on uh, Twitter is going. There's a new building being built in front. or building being built in the Far From Home trailer, and I know it isn't going to happen. But imagine it's the Baxter Building and the Fantastic Four are introduced in the post-credit scenes.
0: Hmm.
1: Could be. Now we do we do see the connection between uh, Spidey and Shield, and we see his shield costume, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, which makes us wonder exactly. The best thing about this trailer is you still don't know when it takes place. Right. Does it take place before Infinity War? Does it take place after Endgame? We don't we don't know.
0: At first I was thinking maybe it happened before Infinity War given just the fact that they were coming back on the bus. But now I'm wondering, just because it doesn't happen till July, it's not coming out till July.
2: And the uh, and Avengers Tower is under construction. Yeah, that wasn't, and you know that that wasn't happening when. Um, I mean, it, it, uh, Avengers Tower, I thought was still. Uh, they
1: they still- weren't they weren't there during Age of Ultron. No, they were somewhere else.
2: They were, and, you know, they, they had opened, they opened a new complex that was like North of
1: yeah, upstate like, New York. Uh, upstate.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, but that's know. not.
1: But that's not where the that's not where they were, and that's not where that party was. I was somewhere uh-huh. that looked like that was somewhere in the city, temporary facility. Hmm.
2: Oh yeah, that's right. Hmm. I don't know why I thought that that was in uh, Avengers Tower. I could be wrong.
1: Maybe it was uh- lower levels, but we we really don't see much of New York in the until Avengers: Affinity War, and we still really don't see much of Avengers Tower in Affinity War. So we don't know the state of the tower.
0: Well, right. they were moving in Spider Man, though.
1: Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. That's right. They, oh, they were. But do we get? I mean, is the it's the tower finished in Spider Man, or is it still under construction?
0: No, they had just they had just moved. They were in the process of moving in Homecoming.
2: Yeah, they were moving out of it uh, into um, the complex up north where the the new Avengers complex was.
1: Okay. So that sets vents of homecoming before Ant Man?
0: Or around Ant Man, maybe? I would imagine the complex was already made already built. Well uh, actually before uh, they decided to move.
1: Actually, it'd be set. Well, yeah, I mean, it would have to be set before Civil War, or actually before Age of Ultron, even they, no, because they they're in because they're in the complex. They're in the Upstate New York complex. And, no, uh, in at the end of Ultron. Age yeah, of Ultron.
0: Homecoming would come after Civil War,
1: right?
2: Homecoming is after Civil War.
1: Well, true, yeah. Uh, of,
2: but see now here is the thing. This is something I was talking to Don about. Don seems to think that this this kind of points to some weirdness that probably is happening. Happening in uh, in Endgame because she feels like there's a possibility that there may be some time travel stuff going on and some resets, and so we may not the things that we think we know now may not be so by time we get to the end of Endgame. So when we're looking at the, so that the thing is when we're looking at um, the, the the trailer, it's hard to put the time in because in my head I was thinking. I was thinking that it happened right before Infinity War. That's what that was my thinking on it. But the thing is the the, the Avengers Tower is being renovated or repaired or, or what have you. So I don't know because the tower was completed and, and a, after the, well right, was it? it was, the tower was completed in the first one. At yeah. the end of the first Avengers, yeah. it was completed. So then you get Age of Ultron. At the end of Age of Ultron, they decide that they were going to move, I guess because of the, the battle in the city or whatever, they decided that they were moving up north. That facility is completed for the most part at the end of Civil war but the thing is it's not really no there's not really staffed well, it's because com- it's completed of the at the age,
1: it's completed a little bit after the age of Ultron too right So, now, what did you say Don's theory was
2: Don's theory is that um, uh, the the this that there's a possibility that the events of um, in end game may involve uh, let me make sure I'm getting this right the avengers the 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 original avengers sacrificing themselves uh and if they do, they do that, it causes a reset so that either, A, the Avengers are completely wiped from this reality. And so maybe what we're seeing, we're seeing Avengers Tower being built, but it's not the Avengers anymore. Because why would Nick be going to Peter when he had the Avengers to handle threats like right. what they have now, yeah.
1: so you're seeing a little time travel.
2: Time travel?
0: Are you telling <laughs> me you built a time machine? out of a DeLorean.
2: A DeLorean may be involved. Okay. Yeah,
0: but maybe looking at that too, maybe um, this happens before and after Infinity War. Like it happens after Infinity War, but it is the beginning of of Infinity War.
2: Uh, and that's possible too, but we're gonna have to explain Peter. I don't know. See, that's the thing. Like, I, I I'm. Tr- I, I, there, there's too many possibilities, and the thing is, we still have Captain Marvel and Endgame to get through to get to this. I can't even guess. I thought I was. I thought I had a decent grasp, but the more I think about it, the more confused I get. So. Well,
0: if they if they go back in time, this could all his whole trip could be what they're coming back from on the bus. Right. It starts everything, but then everything changes, and so they're coming back on the bus again.
1: Well, here, here's another. Here's another thought. I, I'm going to use this as a segue because it's going to be. I'm going to point it out. This is an obvious segue. What if, which, if this takes place after Endgame, and as you said, it's a reset, and mm-hmm. Fury's coming to Peter. Who's to say Peter doesn't become the head of the Young Avengers? Oh man! Since I'm now going to turn the story over to Bart.
0: Um. Sorry. I because. I was thinking that they were doing – that this was another one of the shows they were going to do for Disney+, Plus, but no, it doesn't look like it. No. No. But I was going to say, if that was the case, that wouldn't work. No, but
1: since it's going to be a film.
0: It would, yeah. Um, So Marvel Studios is reportedly developing a script for a Young Avengers movie that will feature teenage and young adult characters, uh, such as Kate Bishop's Virgin of Hawkeye – Hulkling, Iron Lad, Patriot, Wiccan, Stature, and Vision. Uh, A different version from Paul Bettany's
1: character. Well, okay, so we have Hawkeye, we have a Hulk, we have an Iron Man. Patriot would be the equivalent of Cap. Right. Uh, Wiccan would be Scarlet Witch. Uh, I'm not sure sure who Stature would be. Giant Man. Giant Man. Vision, and then, of course, Peter.
0: Oh, um, Stature is a character that had previously been speculated to make an appearance in Endgame. Uh, with the Avengers presumably traveling through time and or experiencing interdimensional travel, many fans think that actress Emma Furman will be playing an older version of Kathy Lang, perhaps now going by her superhero mantle of Stature. Yeah, okay. Uh, the inclusion of Kate Bishop could contradict earlier reports of the Hawkeye show on Disney+. Plus. Uh, if Bishop were to appear in the Hawkeye streaming show, it would seem that she would premiere on the silver screen prior to going to that.
1: Yeah, but who's to say the Hawkeye show doesn't take place pre-Infinity War?
0: Yeah, and I'm really expecting that to happen that way. Mm-hmm. Especially depending on how and how endgame game, ha- you know, works. You know, they could wind up, you know, wiping out any chance of a lot of different characters on shows. Right. Exactly. Right. Right. Although much of the f- future, uh, much of the future past Avengers End Game is still unknown. Like you said, Spider Man, uh, Far From Home is the only Phase Four movie revealed as of yet. Uh, the, the movie studio would like to produce at least another 20 years of movies. Okay.
1: Well, hopefully a theory would be great. Captain Marvel would still be involved. Guardians could still potentially be involved. Who's to say Captain Marvel isn't working for SHIELD as the mentor for the young Avengers, with Peter potentially being being the head of it. Which is kinda kinda what we get with the animated cartoon on Disney yeah. XD.
2: Yeah, ultimate Spider Man.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Who I mean, you almost have the young Avengers there. So I say bring it on. Let's make this happen. I'm Let's, all for it. I mean, if, th- if this is the way we're going to have the older cast kind of say goodbye, or those who need to say goodbye because of contracts say goodbye, then this is the way to do it. The Avengers break up, the survivors. Okay. Hawkeye goes more on the Ronin role. Now Hulk still potentially around. Maybe, maybe not. Black Widow still around doing her thing. Winter soldier. Maybe with the two of them working together, uh, Doing that, maybe doing stuff similar to the Winter Soldier book mm-hmm. series that came out a while back. All right, all right. Uh, Falcon, maybe, because I'm not sure what his uh, his contract status is.
2: But, and, well, I know that he has that series with the, he has that Falcon uh, Winter Soldier series.
1: Yeah. On, yep. uh, Ant-Man, I, I could potentially see a third one there. Yeah, I would but, hope for a third one. <laughs> but Thor... Not need, not needed right now. Mm-hmm. Iron Man not needed really. No Cap. Well, he you know Chris Evans is done. All right. So I, I I look forward to this. Yeah, definitely. I I'm hoping this is the way we go. So um so yeah. I think it'll be awesome. Yeah. So you know what else would be awesome in the MCU? What the X Men. You know, I, I agree I say, with you I say bring to introduce them let's go House of M
2: Oh uh, you know you know a House of M would be a really good way to, to bring them in because that that, that also uh, kind of bridges the gap a little bit between the X world and the, the and the known Marvel universe you know right you Now if for, for those for, for those of us that view them, as two separate worlds. But, you know, the funny thing is, interesting thing is that um, James McAvoy uh, thinks it would be a difficult thing to do. <laughs> yeah, uh, so and this is uh, from an article from uh, Sci-Fi Wire. Um, it says, uh, and so he uh, and he explained why he feels that uh, with the Disney-Fox merger uh, opening up the possibility of... Um, um, new movies and uh, new opportunities that uh, he feels like that the X universe would not fit in with uh, the uh, fit in with the MCU, and this is a direct quote. Um, I don't know if the X Men could go into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh I'm not sure, he said. Maybe they could. But I think that uh, I think what's different about the adventures universe anyway is that you've got a couple of superheroes in the world. There's a good amount, but there's like a couple of football teams worth. You know what I mean? Whereas in the X Men un in the X Men world you're potentially saying they're there are hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of superheroes. And the social implication of that is different. Um, the article goes on to say they feel like that he does have a valid point. Is that Even in the Marvel comics themselves, the X-Men are always treated as separate entities set apart from groups like the Avengers. They often take special circumstances like the Terrigen Mist, see in Humans vs. X-Men. To draw them into the fray of a wider universe. Um, Which actually is interesting because if you talk about something like um, House of Vim... You know, or I mean, you certainly couldn't do X Men versus Avengers because you kind of need to have a basis there first. But House of M would definitely be a reason for these two separate worlds to come together. And even uh, Kevin Feige stated uh, this is a quote from him the notion of the characters coming back is great. Uh, It's nice when a company that created all these characters can have access to all those characters is uh unusual not to but in terms of actually thinking about it and actually planning things we haven't started that yet that's what he said last month in december i really don't believe that i believe that there has to be some tentative plan laid out somewhere that's just me and uh so but uh what we we have now we do have a dark phoenix that's coming out uh, and i believe Leave. There's also, uh, well, at least what uh, was out there was um, New Mutants, also.
1: New Mutants as well.
2: But after that, all X uh, properties have been tabled.
1: Uh, uh, all X, everything that Fox had after what's coming out this year has been canceled. There you go. And gee, I wonder why. Hmm. It only uh- makes sense. It does. That's because uh, the merger is almost done, and it's all going to be under Marvel Studios control, whether it's distributed by Fox or not. It's going to be it's going to be Marvel Studios control,
2: and there's going to be a higher. Uh, I we, we we can we can actually finally look forward to. Now I, I'm, I'm I'm calling it right now. We are going to get. A proper Fantastic Four movie, where and, and this will be the movie that treated them the way that they should have been treated. Uh, in much respect to the uh, the Corman film, because the Corman film treated them as science heroes as well, and I feel like that that's what we need to do. They were science heroes who happen to have superpowers.
1: I want. And, I want the Corman film released.
2: I want the Corman film released too. It was not. It, it, you know, it, it gets panned because of the effects and that sort of thing. But it's if you look at it, you no, know, as far as fantastic horror movies go, it's the best of that lot.
1: Really oh, yeah. Is. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And that's all I got to say about that. All right. Well, I'm going to say we have Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. coming out this summer. Uh, it's what, a 10, 13 episode release?
2: Yeah, I believe so.
1: Well, um, fans might recognize a familiar face. Um, someone we all know and most people love could be joining the cast of Shield. Oh, really? You know him from The Breakfast Club, 16 Candles, Weird Science, and that's, uh, you know, of course, all of those are John Hughes films. I totally forgot that Weird Science was a John Hughes film. You did? Yeah.
2: And and you know whose first movie that was? Bill Paxton, wasn't it? And?
1: Anthony Michael Hall?
2: Uh, Maybe his, but there's another person in there.
1: Kelly LeBrock?
2: Robert Downey Jr.
1: (gasps) That's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, Well, we could be seeing Anthony Michael Hall coming to to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, What? The same report reveals that two guest stars will be reappearing... This season, Joel Stoffer will be back as Enoch, a member of an alien race located on Chronicom. Also joining Stofer is Brianna Vinskus, the actress behind Agent Piper. One of Agent May's go to agents. Okay. Now, this would be the first confirmation that either Enoch or Piper will be returning to the show. Um but you know, to have Anthony Michael Hall join the cast, um it's, it's going to be great. Now, virtually nothing has been revealed about the pilot for Season 6. All we know is there will be a Season 7. Uh So to get your guess is as good as ours is, what's going to happen? If the season exists in a post-Avengers endgame, it would be reasonable to think that the show could deal with some fallout from the Marvel Studios blockbuster. Yep. Yeah. Now, after all, at the end of season five, we see Gravi- Adrian Bissar's Graviton uh, did name drop Thanos as he started ravaging the Earth for the time in the Mind Stones, which has always been the case. The movies or the show has always referenced the movie, but not the other way. Now, the question is, who will Anthony Michael Hall be playing?
2: Uh, new- that's a tough one. I can't imagine.
1: New yeah. director? No, Mac's the new no, director.
2: Mac Mac is new
1: director. What would be a lesser-known agent, or B or C level, B or C list agent that would make a great agent for the show? We had the Conics, well, you know,
2: yeah, we we had the Conics. We had, uh, you know, it'd be crazy, and I can't see them doing this. But what if he's Dum Dum's son or, or grandson?
1: Interesting, huh? interesting. Yeah. what if he's the father? No, they'd be. You have to go British. I don't know. I have to do my research on agents of uh, the Shield comics. to Find out what agents would be potentially he could be. Right. So, but yeah, that's what we've got. We we have Anthony Michael Hall coming. Yeah. When is Shield supposed
0: to premiere this year? Uh, summer.
1: May June. Yeah, it'll be in the summer. Summer. Sometime, sometime after the the regular the regular seasons. Yeah. Wind up. So whenever ABC starts their summer run. Typically is first week of June, right so but have you guys ever wondered how Samuel Jackson got involved in the Marvel movies
2: i yeah, I have actually.
0: I realized the other day that I, it took me a while to think about it, but I felt like I'd almost never seen him without, with only, you know, I've never seen him with two eyes. <laughs> it's like, I know I've seen Samuel L. Jackson movies. It's like, I even thought, okay, yeah, Star Wars, but I don't, I when I see him, I can't see him with two eyes. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh but according well, to this art You're gonna go
1: see ahead. him at two eyes in uh whatchamacallit. Yeah. Uh, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel.
0: Samuel L. Jackson debuted as Nick Fury in a post credit scene in Iron Man, which I don't recall him being in there, but this is saying he was.
2: He was uh, at the very end of the movie when uh Tony comes back after revealing that he's Iron Man and that's when he tells him about the uh Avengers initiative.
0: Okay, for some reason I recall him talking to Colson. Um but then he, he followed it up with so many movies I'm not even gonna list them. <laughs> he uh recently uh talked on Jimmy Fallon about um, how he realized that it, that his version of Nick Fury was modeled after the Ultimates. Uh, he said he still goes to the comic book shop he, to buy, buy comics. He goes to a store in the Golden Apple, and one day he was there passing the rack and saw the Ultimates and said, oh, that looks just like me. Uh, so he said, well, if they make a movie, you know, uh, it says, I started looking, and it's like, Nick Fury looks just like me. And I'm reading, and he goes, well, if they make a movie about us, who do you who do you want to play? And Nick Fury goes, Samuel L. Jackson. I didn't give anybody my permission to use my image in a comic book, though. Uh, the Ultimates came out in 2002 uh, and created a new iteration of The Avengers with a modern overhaul. One of the most effective ways of conveying who Fury was as a leader was to depict him as a Samuel L. Jackson type, with the actor's many roles earning him a gruff yet admirable, charming attitude. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so Jackson called his agent and asked what was going on, and she said, "What's that? It's a comic book. It's got my it's got my image in it, and it talks about me being in a movie." So his agent said, "Let me call someone." And she called Marvel and they and they said, Well, we're thinking about making these into movies, so hopefully we can make them and have them p- have Samuel L. Jackson play Nick Fury. Mm-hmm. Uh both his performance and Fury's presence in the comics have established a new iteration of the character, uh, reminding viewers that Fury already earned a movie in nineteen ninety eight Nick Fury <laughs> Agent of the Shield.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I okay, oh, So I was reading the the ultimate uh, line back then. And when you first see Nick Fury, he doesn't look like that. Like, actually, he looked closer to uh, Phil Morris. That's the only way I could describe him. He kind of looked like a Phil Morris type. But then, like all of a sudden, in the Ultimates, you see him, and I kept thinking, like, I think there were even letters, like, it, like in some of the the in some of the um, articles where they would talk about the Ultimate line, they would say, you know, that looks like Sam Jackson, and know Samuel Jackson. They're like, oh no, 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 it's not. You know, we it's just an artist rendition. Of, no, you know, we we. You know, some people may think it looks like Sam Jackson. We don't intend for it to look like Sam Jackson. I'm like, really? But then when Sam Jackson said that he'd be interested in playing Nick Fury, all of a sudden they're like, oh, yeah, it was told Sam Jackson. We were hoping – that he would, that he would agree to to be in a movie version, and so yeah, this was our way of attracting him. I was just like, yeah, yeah, it was. I, I, I remember that, and I just kept, I kept saying, I'm like, how can they say that's not Samuel L. Jackson? That's so Samuel L. Jackson, but right, yeah, you know, I I remember, I remember those days fondly.
1: Well, I say before we get into your story, Kylan, yeah. here are some thoughts about Anthony Michael Hall. Oh. So, um, Sergeant Rock. Okay. Moonwing. Oh. How about Tony Masters? Tony Masters. Later becomes Taskmaster.
2: You know what, Taskmaster has been showing up a lot. In fact, Taskmaster has a, a prominent place in um the Spider Man game. Oh my gosh. Yep. Okay. Um, okay.
1: What about Clay Quartermain?
2: I was thinking about Clay Quartermain. I, I, that, that, I, I wasn't. You know what the thing is? Clay Quartermain is a he. He's an established Shield character, Shield agent. Uh, he was around for the. He was around uh, like in the seventies. I think he was. So up until modern times. So yeah, yeah. I could see that.
1: Uh, what about Mitch Carson, security agent under Dum Dum Dugan? Ooh. Okay. So it's just some thoughts.
2: Oh, I like it. I like it.
1: So um,
2: especially uh,
1: Clay Quartermain. Now, you've got some news that I don't like.
2: Yeah, it's kind of sad. You know, it's like that now they say all good things must come to an end. Well, unfortunately for us, that is what it means for Star Wars. Uh, writer Karen Gillan announced that uh, she's leaving. Um, he's leaving. Oh, he? Sorry, he's leaving. Uh, his final issue is going to be Star Wars sixty-seven, um, and uh, this is a uh, this is a direct quote from him. It says, "I have three issues left in the scout in the scourging of Shu Tuun." That's issue 67, the end of my story, and I'll be off, the writer shared in his newsletter. No present plans to write anything else in Star Wars. I suspect I've said all I wanted to about these characters and comics, at least in this period, anyway. Um, so, and uh, the article goes on to point out that this is from comicbook.com, that It's important to note that Gillen Gillen specifies no present plans, which allows the opportunity to return at some point in the future, if he so wishes. Um, Now, uh, Gillen has been with uh, Star Wars for a long time. He's been involved with several uh, various titles since uh, 2015, starting with his run on Darth Vader, where he wrote 25 issues. And he also helped create the all new character um, Mike's favorite, Doctor Afra.
1: I want an uh, Afra solo film.
2: Um, and said that, uh, that he wrote the initial twenty issues of her debut series. Yep. But uh, Afra is still
1: ongoing, right? Yes. So it's got new writing, uh, new creative team.
2: Yeah, and he he took over writing uh, the actual Star Wars series back in. November of 2017. From, from Jason uh, so, Aaron. From Jason Aaron. And so uh, with issue 67, that's going to make it nearly 30 issues that he's written. Yeah, can believe
1: squeezed in between November 2017 to March of 2019, squeeze in 30 issues?
2: 30 issues.
1: That's a lot.
2: I mean, because uh, Star Wars is a monthly book, but yeah. that means that he also was doing. There were a couple. Uh,
1: there were a couple months that there were two, mm-hmm. two in a month. Yeah. So yeah, and, and what makes this worse is there's been no creative team announced to, or at least no writer announced to take his place. Right. So, not know. So who knows? Who knows?
2: I don't know. Is it? That's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see who they, who they tap and yeah. um, where things go from there.
1: Yeah. Well, before we get into our picks of the week, um, this was another interesting story from Mar- uh, comic com. It's the most expensive toys for collectors that are Marvel related. Uh, number one, hot toys, Hulkbuster. Uh, price on eBay, twelve I'm not talking $12.50. I'm talking 1250 bucks. Really? This, this is a Hot Toys Limited. Um, and it's the Hulkbuster figure from Age of Ultron, standing at 21 inches in height. Uh, and it's rendered with LED lights and weathering effects. Also comes with multiple okay. interchanging pieces of armor, including a battle damage chest plate and an extra forearm. Thirty oh. points of articulation. Wow. So uh helmet and neck also open up to reveal Iron Man inside. Uh number two Hot Toys Stan the Man. It's an eleven inch Stan Lee figure complete with a tailored outfit, multiple accessories. Um and it's priced on Amazon at one thousand two hundred and sixty two dollars. Right. Uh, number three is Funko, Captain America Metallic, which was a 2011 Comic-Con exclusive. Um, Pop Price Guide estimates the value at four, at $1,420, but they're selling roughly at $1,350 online. Now, you and I have talked about this, Kylan, way back when. Mego um, mm-hmm. World, Spider-Man. We talked about you know, all the different Spider-Man toys, yeah. Which wasn't it yeah. cool into the Spider-Verse? We see the buggy, we we see yeah. the Mego cars in the cave. We did, yes. That that was pretty awesome. Uh, so one of the most popular characters is the Mego Spider-Man, um, and the price on the originals mint in box mm-hmm. is one thousand four hundred fifty dollars.
2: I, I had that one In I did fact, too I learned I learned how to sew on that one because you know like the suit because the suit was actual like Never. an actual suit and like you know the seam would come loose yep and my grandmother taught me how to sew on that so I could like uh repair it
1: Oh, well, yeah
2: yeah you
1: know. uh, there you go. Number five: The Lego 2012 Captain America and Iron Man promo figures. Uh, the company produced 200 promotional minifigs to promote their upcoming line of Marvel products. Uh, the figures were different from what they would eventually end up in the Lego sets. Uh, Iron Man's helmet was painted on a standard Lego head, which I remember doing that them doing that for a couple pieces. Yeah. In the beginning. And Captain America's costume was based on the Bucky Barnes design. It was. Now the average price per figure is eighteen hundred a piece. Although some are on sale for up to three grand. Now, in 2013 was another uh, set of promotion figures. Uh, Of course, they came out with the Arrow variant of Green Arrow, which I happened to pick one up at a comic convention last November for two bucks. It was loose, not in the package, but two bucks. Don't ask me how I got it, but I got it. (laughs) But it's the 2013 San Diego Comic Con Spider Woman figure. Uh, specific figures aren't available as to how many were made, but USA Today reported that a number in the hundreds when first announced. To date, Spider-Woman still hasn't appeared in an actual Lego set, although Ultimate Version of Jessica Drew got a minifig made in 2016. According to Bricklink, Spider-Woman sells for $2,550. And then finally, Sideshow Collectibles Sentinel, uh, is a 32 inch figure. I was made in 2016. Only 750 were ever made. Uh, while Sideshow sold the figure for under a thousand dollars, it's now being sold for 2800 or higher on third party sites. Yeah, mm-hmm. but how about we go towards some things that are a little cheaper for your pocketbook? Uh, Kyler, <laughs> why don't you start us off with uh, Picks of the Week? Oh,
2: okay. I, uh, You know what, guys? This week has been a fun week for picks for me, even though Bart took one of my books. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's all good because I was going to have difficult choices anyway. So let's start with my first pick of the week. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy number one brought to us by Johnny Cates, Jeff Shaw and David Marquez. Who will stand? The universe is on fire. Hundreds of worlds are at war. Never has there been such hatred and division across the cosmos. And in spite of all of this, Thanos of Titan is still dead, or is he? Now more than ever, the cosmos needs the Guardians of the Galaxy. But in the aftermath of, infin- of the Infinity Wars, who is left to answer the call? Featuring every cosmic superhero in the known universe by the Thanos Winds creative team of Donny Cates and Jeff Shaw.
1: All right, oh well, Bart, why don't you uh, why don't you take us next with your first pick of the week?
0: My first pick is a hardcover. Uh, It is the unbeatable Squirrel Girl hardcover volume four.
1: Man, that's just nuts.
0: (laughs) Squirrel Girl goes goes savage. Savage land, that is. Will Squirrel Girl fight a dinosaur? Probably. Plus jokes and supervillain causing major problems. It's a complete package. Then go from the jungle to outer space as Squirrel Girl and Company journey to the forbidden plan nut. When Nancy and Toe are transported to an alien world where all is not what it seems, Squirrel Girl must find a way to get to the other side of the universe to save them. This sounds like a job for the Sorcerer Supreme. No, not Doctor Strange.
1: Right now, it's Loki. Man, I just think it's squirrely that that you just blew right past my joke there, Bart.
0: Oh, no, I didn't blow right past it. I knew exactly what you said.
1: You just chose to ignore it.
0: Yes, I did.
1: Okay. So, Bart just very carefully tippy-toed around it. (laughs) Anyway, well, my first pick of the week is Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man number two. I think, didn't I pick this last week as well? Maybe. Is this a weekly issue? Yeah,
2: so, yeah, um, some of the books are weekly books. I'd noticed that, um, like, issues one and two of Conan were, like, with the, uh, a week apart of each other. I think some of the books are doing that.
1: Now, I have not picked this up yet myself, even though it it's, has a slight appeal to me. It, has either one of you two read it yet or picked it up and looked at it? uh, uh, Spider-Man? Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man. Not yet, no. Not yet, no. Well, then there goes that question. But I'm still going to recommend it because... I think this may be the Spider-Man book I'm going to get back into. I, I did Peter Parker's particular Spider-Man, and then they did the whole, oh, we're going back to the legend numbering, and I just got confused. Right. But I love Sadarki, Sadarsky on that book. Um This is, again, number two. Uh, it's by Tom Taylor, Juan Cabal, and Andrew Robinson. Spider-Man is the worst neighbor ever. There's always crazy villains and property damage and drama. And, and it, he catches the villains. And he tries to fix the damage and helps carry your groceries. And actually, the property damage that keeps the rent down. You know what? Spider-Man is the best neighbor ever. And this book's going to give you a closer look at Spider-Man and Peter Parker's neighborhood uh, than any book ever. Also, it wouldn't be a Spider-Man adventure without a threat that could destroy not only Spider-Man but all his neighbors. So that's uh that's my first book. So Kylan, let's head over to uh, second pick of the week.
2: Second pick of the week. Is- is Man Without Fear, number four. Then uh, this is by Jed McKay, The Mellow Babe Ruth, and Kyle Hotz, or Hotz. Daredevil is gone. The Hell's Kitchen is still a place of heroes and villains. Foggy Nelson in issue one. The Defenders, issue two. The Mini Loves of Matt Murdock, issue three. <laughs> The Kingpin, Issue 4, and A Mysterious Guardian Devil, Issue 5, will all learn what it means to live in a world without a daredevil. And without a daredevil to protect it, has hell come for his city? Who is the man without fear?
1: All right. All right, your second pick of the week. My second pick of the week is Shuri,
0: number four. Uh, when When the power goes out in Wakanda, Shuri's returned from her space adventures with Rocket and Groot. But she's brought something back with her. And now centuries-old music and stories are disappearing across Africa. Something is stealing the continent's cultural history and its electrical power. Then, as if the heir to the throne didn't have enough on her plate, the mysterious envoy arrives and they're looking for the Black Panther. Life as the Princess of Wakanda just got a lot more complicated.
1: Intriguing. Well, my second book and I got the I picked this one because there's a John Tyler Christopher variant to this. And not just because he's a part time host over on Wookie Radio and one of our favorite guests. I legitimately love this man's art. Yeah. Um, It's Crypt of Shadows number one. I know it's outside the norm for me, but uh all new horror story for Marvel's 80th anniversary. We've gone into the vaults to bring back some classic titles from the yesteryear of Marvel. But maybe some vaults should stay closed. Something terrifying has broken free and crawled forth from one of the most terrifying corners of Marvel Dome. The Crypt of Shadows. Prepare for terror. The shadows are deeper than you think, and their horrors lurk within. So, Kylan, bring us home with our final picks of the week.
2: My final pick of the week, and I have to remember uh, what I get when I do this, but is uh, a True Believers. It's True Believers, King Conan number one. And they don't give us anything. It just says, we're printing King Conan number one.
1: Okay.
2: Yeah, so, you know, there's that.
1: And and that's the rest of the story. Uh, Bart, your final pick
0: of the week. My final pick of this week is Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur number 39. Bad Dream Continues, guest starring Doctor Strange. The sleep of reason produces monsters. What monsters lay within the unconscious mind of a 65-million-year-old thunder lizard? yet the mind of a nine-year-old super genius.
1: Okay, well, my final pick of the week is Star Wars number 60, The Escape Part 4. You can escape the horror of the galaxy, but only for a while. The Return of Scar Squadron, which is a great little, like, specialty group of the Empire. So, I kind of like Scar Squadron. I wish Hasbro would make a figure set of them. No, one of those multi pack sets. I would love to see yeah. Scar Squadron. So uh so Kylan, our MU pick of the week.
2: Our MU pick of the week is actually uh this is a this was a book. No, it was a series actually that was uh from the Marvel Knights run. Uh this is taking us back to two thousand six. It's Fury Peacemaker number one. Part one Casserine Pass. Before he presided over S.H.I.E.L.D., before he ran with the Howling Commandos, Sergeant Nick Fury fought on the bloodstained sands of the Tunisian desert. It was here that he came face to face with the incomparable might of the 21st Panzer Division and its skilled warrior commander, General Stephen Barkhorn, and barely lived to tell about it. And it was there that he got a second chance at life and revenge in this gripping limited series garth ennis of ghost rider and punisher fame and derek robertson of uh punisher born offer a never before seen glimpse into the soul of a warrior you only think you know
1: okay uh what what was this title again uh fury peacemaker okay well that's gonna wrap it up for us any final thoughts Uh, no. Bart? I've got nothing. Well, I'm just going to leave y'all with this. Uh, looks like Rob Liefeld's coming back to, uh, do a huge X-Men crossover. Really? Yep. So, uh, there's a story about it over on comicbook.com. Uh, it's titled Marvel Teases Major X-Men Announcement, so you can check it out there. Um, so that's going to wrap it up. Uh, thank you, Bart, for coming on and, and filling in for, for Eric. No problem. I always have fun going I come on this show. Well, oh, we, we got to change that then. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Kylan, thank you for coming on, for filling in for Kylan. <laughs> thank you. It's my Anytime. pleasure. And uh, it's great when life model decoys fill in. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
2: I, I could send it to work.
1: Ooh, you could. You have reached the life model decoy of Tony Stark. Please leave a message. But on that note, Jarvis, if you would, all wrapped up here, sir, will there be anything else? Nope. Just time to go dark. Unfortunately, we cannot ignore the inevitable.